Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Alicia, Michael, what's going on? We know you have takes. We have takes. I'm actually surprised that your rant line, raid line, whatever, isn't completely full. Why can't we just win a game? Can I blame Michael Castillo for this? Can I blame Bob Connolly for this? Can I put on a zebra shirt and just go out there? Scratch. Claw, up against the wall. Can't explain that what I'm feeling right now, guys. I can't believe it. Let's open up that race line. Oh, I can't believe USD has hired Lincoln Riley. Oh, yeah. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Reign of Troy Radio. This is episode 438 coming to you on Wednesday, August 24th. It is the first of our Wednesday episodes. We're going to be coming every Wednesday this year as our game preview episodes. Next Wednesday, we will be previewing the very first game of the year against Rice. And then every Monday will be fallout episodes after, I guess, next Monday will be our season predictions episode. But today, we're going to talk about USC's 2022 roster and walk through the roster. Get familiar with the familiar names, all the newcomers, all the numbers, all of that and more. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at Reign of Troy. Like us on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Reign of Troy. Be sure to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Overcast, wherever you can find us. We are there. You can subscribe to us right here on YouTube, where we go live three times a week during the season as well. As always, our email address is Reign of Troy at fansire.com and our phone number 213-373-1USC. I'm your host, Michael Castillo, joining along with my co-host, here in the Reign of Troy studio in Los Angeles, Lisa Deratol. Hello, everybody. Hello. Uh, we are back um, a little bit later than than we thought. We thought we'd be back on Tuesday. Um, and then we talked about it last week. We went to Texas uh, helping uh, a good friend of ours as they get ready to move uh, and leave from Texas. And we couldn't leave from Texas ourselves because, like, all hell broke loose. Uh, it was a deluge. I can never say that word, right? Deluge? Yeah, six inches of rain overnight at both airports in Dallas, and we couldn't get a flight back. 
Yeah, we have a bad habit. Uh, well, it's not our bad habit. It's Dallas has a bad habit of bringing the worst possible weather for us when we're there because we got the yeah. last time we were there was the great freeze when yeah. we got stuck in the freeze and we're staying with said friends in their house with the the power out and it being freezing cold and frozen pipes. Yes, and that was that was an adventure. Uh, so it's just a Dallas thing, and that's a uh, that's our fault for going to Texas. No offense to all of our lovely friends and listeners who uh, live and are from Texas, uh, be- like beautiful Austin, Texas, like uh, yeah, like buddy Sean, yeah, like our buddy Sean from beautiful mm-hmm. Austin, Texas. Yeah, the good thing is we got a barbecue, we got brisket. Uh, what more can you ask for? Is Cameron still in Frisco, or is did he move? It's it's Cameron I from think Frisco he's because have he to used remind to be. Us. He's gonna have to call I, us. I want to say he, on the the rancher. Yeah, you, tell, let us know, Cameron, if we got that right that you are still in Frisco, and uh, and yeah, it's a it's good barbecue, good friends, good place, but uh, maybe not the best place to be when there is a, a downpour or a freeze or any sort of weather like element. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Uh, anyways, we are back. This is gonna be a jam packed episode uh, previewing USC's. 2022 uh, football roster. Like, like I mentioned in the open, a lot of interesting names, uh, a lot of new names, a lot of guys from yesteryear, but this is such a huge roster to turn over. Uh, it's going to be hard to get into uh, all of that, but we're going to try it here on this episode. Uh, before we do that, we do want to give our thanks to all of you guys listening to us uh, and giving us reviews on Apple Podcasts. As well as if you're watching us live on YouTube, be sure to like this live stream as well as give your comments, uh, questions you can put in the chat, uh, all caps question, and then we can get to those when we open up the mailbag a little bit later on in the show. But feel free to join us, comment along, and all of that. Uh, At least we got a bunch of new uh, Apple Podcast reviews, a bunch of five-star reviews. You want to get to them? Yeah, let's do it. Let's let the praise flow down upon us like the rain in Dallas. <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. First one comes from Miles who says, Easy Five Star uh, Podcast. This podcast offers excellent production and great knowledge of USC football. They have great chemistry, obviously, in the right mix of football and pop culture mixed in. Great work. Keep it up. Yeah. Thank you, Miles. We also got one from Fred who said, New YouTube format live is fun. Question Why do you make Michael dress as the leprechaun from your alma mater in green? episode four on our episode 437 also why is he cheating hiding his face behind the pop filter with the low quality camera uh let's get some school pride going in cardinal and gold or rot merch can't wait for the first car cast that's easy i I, i'm trying to channel in some some wilson uh from home Home improvement you are doing some excellent wilson and you do look like you are in potato cam right now so uh the 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 move to um to video our focus right now and hopefully you guys will have to let us know hopefully the audio issues that will be coming up in a in a in a couple of reviews uh have been addressed but that's been our focus so now that we hopefully have the audio dealt with hopefully we can get michael a new camera and uh and (laughs) and and get his uh his beautiful face on uh on here yeah beautiful speculum yeah uh, anyways but it is funny because i'm wearing green today so it might not come through on the camera it looks a little gray but it's uh, like a it's like an army green I'm, I've got going here. So it, it could be Notre Dame green. No, nah, it's not Notre Dame green. It's um close enough. Hmm. It's still green. Uh, speaking of 
Uh, he said, Army Grain, here's Airborne Spoon. Uh, gives us five stars. I've been listening to both of you for years. I'm an overseas contractor, recently retired from the U.S. Army. I've listened to you everywhere from California, New York, to my current home in Cary, North Carolina, and overseas from Iraq, Afghanistan, India, Korea, and finally from my current location of Mexico City. I really like your show because you're both extremely knowledgeable and informative, but don't attempt to be profound or exaggerate your inside connections as some podcasters do. I really like your show and I appreciate your hard work. Congratulations on getting married. If you don't mind, I have one piece of advice on a long, successful marriage. I've been married for over 32 years. High school sweethearts, compromise, take care, and fight on. Well, first and foremost, thank you, Airborne Spoon, for your service. Thank you for the uh, review. What an it, what a f- amazing life you've led to have, to have been to all of those places to be living no where kidding. you are now. That's that's really awesome. And congratulations to you on thirty two years of marriage. We have made it through how many months of marriage now? Uh, going on four. May, June, July. Uh, yeah, we're going it's like on a third of a year. Almost going on four four months of marriage, and we're still kicking. So that's exciting. Uh, and yeah, we we very much appreciate the review. I, I really like this review because. One of the things that you and I often talk about, Michael, is like, what is the tone of the show that we're going for? What is the um, like, w- what are we trying to project ourselves as? And I think yeah. Airborne Spoon really hit. This is this is what we're trying to be knowledgeable, passionate, but not acting like we're bigger than our britches or anything like that. So, um, yeah, I thank you so. for that. <laughs> yeah yeah uh, we also got there's some great names in the reviews right here we got clay trey goat um which i just i enjoy uh love rot for five stars love rot for all their personal insight and fair takes on all things usc i've been listening for close to five years and love interacting with michael and alicia on twitter as well thank you guys for all the awesome content and making the off season and monday and fr- monday through friday go by quicker so thank you clay for that thank one you. and uh, that's, that's a good one love all the longtime listeners who have uh who come in here with the with the reviews yeah which leads us to se psycho gave us five stars long time religious listener first time reviewer first of all congratulations on getting married and godspeed on a technical note been noticing some audio is- issues in your last couple of episodes on apple Podcasts in the form of intermittent distracting pauses in your audio thought it was my phone or headset but just listened through two hours of other podcasts and everything seems fine on my end would love if you can troubleshoot that somehow Otherwise, glad to have you back for the Lincoln Riley era. My seatbelts are buckled and I'm ready to fight on and beat the owls. Let's go. Yeah, th- this this week we have put in a, a fair bit of effort to try to fix those sound issues. We've uh, we've made a change in uh, in our process a little bit and hopefully um, are not getting those. Uh, we, we think we figured it out. Um, if it continues, please do let us know. But thank you. I definitely uh, appreciate it. Yeah, and thanks to Josh in the chat has already said that there's no issues so far on the sound. Uh, we're doing something yeah. different on the podcast recording side too. So the podcast listeners who are listening should have the better audio as well. Yep. Uh, and uh, and yeah, thank you all. We're we hope no one went out and bought new headphones because that was the number <laughs> one feedback that we've gotten over the last couple of weeks. Is I thought something was wrong with my headphones. It's like no, it's us. It's our fault. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, we <laughs> and to finally end this review storm. Uh, my favorite name of all. He hate B. <laughs> <laughs> Five star review. Short and sweet. Great podcast for all SC football news. So thank you. He hate B. Um, for uh for for leaving that podcast uh, leaving that review on the podcast so yeah love this was the xfl one too early for you 
what was it one like w-o-n or one like o- no like o-n-e? the the very first iteration of the xfl was that yeah. too early for you like in 2001 um i mean i felt if if like do you remember rod smart being he hate me oh i remember it yeah he hate me i remember like brilliant. the i remember watching the xfl in a way that i never watched like the xfl when it came back or the yeah. american what we, we went to a game we did go to a yeah. game and that was very fun. But like, yeah, I, I like, I feel like the XFL when it, when it came out in 2001 was like, was big. Like I, yeah. I, I probably wasn't that into football at the time, but I still remember watching it because my dad was watching it. Yeah. I was a big LA extreme fan uh, with, um, what's his face? Um, his name is just the court, the, uh, Tommy Maddox. Maddox, yeah. Maddox, yes. For, yes. Former UCLA Brown. He was the, mm-hmm. the quarterback at the Coliseum for the extreme. Uh, and yeah, Rod Smart, pretty much the guy who kind of made it big. Uh, he was, he, he hate, hate me, me with the uh, Vegas Outlaws, and then ultimately uh, went on to become a Carolina Panther for a few yeah. years. So. Cool, there cool, we cool. go. Uh, Alicia, let's get into the news before we start walking through the roster. Alicia, you know the only good thing about football season being over? There's literally nothing good about the football season being over. It's just an endless wait until the fall. See, that's where you're wrong. It's tournament season. Best way to take your mind off the endless wait. That is true. I may not want to watch the men play, but the USC women are pretty awesome. Exactly, but it's not just SC. There's high-stake basketball moments all over the country. But you know what? They get even better with prize picks. So you're saying the only thing better than watching Juju Watkins is taking the more on Juju Watkins. Bingo. You can now turn your hoops knowledge and love of Juju Watkins into serious cash. Because you can now win up to 100 times your money on prize picks with as little as four correct picks. Turn 10 bucks into a thousand bucks with college basketball, NBA, and NHL entries. Best of all, Price Picks lets you get on the action on more than 30 states across the country, including Texas, Georgia, and California. That sounds pretty good to me. Yeah, download the app today and use the code Rain of Troy for a first deposit match up to $100. That's the Price Picks app with the code Rain of Troy for the first deposit match of up to $100. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C., If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. 
And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Why don't we start with some new NIL stuff? Lots of NIL things coming around. Uh, Like left and right, there's new NIL stuff literally every day. Uh, The big stuff this week, uh, Jordan Addison got an NIL deal with United Airlines. And uh, Boulevard set it up. Uh, There could be potentially more deals down the the line. But he uh, he tweeted a little ad of him on the tarmac at LAX in front of a United Airlines plane. Yeah, so Keaton Slovis had a, a deal with United last year. It's good to see Jordan Addison getting that deal. It's good to see, you know, with the, some of the chatter this summer about like, oh, he wasn't getting the NIL stuff that he wanted to. Like, it's good to see this coming through for him. Yeah. I didn't really buy that. That is like a thing like, oh, he's unhappy or whatever. But you still want the Bolitnikov winner, the guy who came in and, and is is looking to really raise his profile by coming to, coming to USC, getting that kind of deal. So Many more, uh, hopefully, that they will come and uh, and also get to cash in on that one. Yeah, hundred percent. Uh, the other stuff, Amazon is now testing an NIL deal model with USC. The apparel being sold through Mademark, Amazon's fashion brand, uh, and On Three has got some uh, reports about it, saying uh, athletes are paid to post unique links to their social media channels. Will have the opportunity to earn royalties. Student athletes who opt into the program will be paid four to five figures in compensation just to post content. Open Endorse is overseeing the payments and making contact with athletes for Amazon. This, to me, seems like uh, a no-brainer um, in the sense that these are going to be sort of those uh, those like deals. affiliate links? Yeah, like affiliate links. Um, when you see uh, your, your favorite you know, content providers uh, share Amazon links and whatnot, and they get a little kickback. It's kind of the same way it's going to work here, except it sounds like they're going to get paid up front to post the links. Yeah, that's what, I, that's what I like about it. When I first saw it, I thought, oh, okay, that's going to work like affiliate links. And there's your mileage may vary on that, but the the idea of them getting having to opt in to post the links and all that kind of stuff means they get, at least it'll be worth it for everybody. Like no one's going right. to sign up and then get like two cents or whatever. So that's exciting. Uh, it's cool that Amazon is doing this test run with USC. That's a mm-hmm. good sign. You want USC to be the one that gets the the initial bump from the from the traffic on that. I just wish that the, I hope you say what I said that the apparel was better. Yeah, I, like, I looked at it and did it's you just look at it. It's terrible. Okay, so some of it is fine. Like the, it it go it ranges from like horrendous to fine, and that's my problem. Like there was nothing on there that like as soon as i saw it i'm like i'm buying that i'm going yeah. uh there was like i guess i could buy that if i wanted to buy something but then it ranges down to like it's like got university and then s period california and then at alt dot period dep like it's like somebody went crazy on the on the uh, like on the um, you know shortening words and when has yeah. when have you ever ever like at least USC doesn't like the um, Southern Cal or Southern California anymore. But, but, that, but like they sort used, of makes sense why. Yes, it makes sense why, and they used to use those phrasing. So like it gets right. I get it why. 
Have you ever seen them, anyone do university s.california or university so.cal? Like it, it's completely no. foreign to me to the point where I felt I, like if I bought that stuff, people wouldn't know except that it said Trojans, that it was actually USC. It's like, I, I don't know. I it, could understand something that said SoCal on it. If it didn't say University of, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, but it doesn't even say of. It's University SoCal. Like, yeah, it uh, mm, uh, swing weird. and a miss on the it's design. It's like stuff you get off of Wish. Yes, yes. It feels yeah. very um, generic. I hope that maybe they go through and add stuff to things like i was hoping for like an oh it's gonna be like when homefield dropped their right. stuff and then you get to go through and go like oh that's cool like oh that's cool maybe i don't like that much that much but like that's cool i'm gonna get that there was nothing so mm, no. mm, we'll see yeah definitely uh not, not the same type of vibe uh for the amazon stuff but if it's gonna if it's gonna help players if it's gonna you know generate money for athletes i mean more power oh, to it. everybody yeah so uh, we will see how that goes. Uh, last bit of news before we get to talking about the roster. Uh, Keaton Slovis uh, has moved on to other things from USC. He has gone to Pitts, and by all accounts, you'll be the starting quarterback for the Pitt Panthers when they open their season next week against, uh, is it West Virginia? West Virginia, who backyard will, brawl. the backyard brawl could very be very well be the USC brawl, brawl because uh, JT Daniels looks like he's going – not officially, but he could still be the starter. So of the three former USC quarterbacks out there, Slovis has won the job. Looks like JT will probably win the job. We'll see. And then Jackson Dart's still fighting for the job. So yeah. we'll keep an eye on what those guys are up to, and we'll definitely be paying attention on that uh, on Thursday next week to see what, what happens with uh, JT and Keaton. It should be fun. Yeah, it's going to be a wild ride for those guys, uh, tracking what, what happens uh, with everybody. Uh, Jackson Dart, obviously, over at uh, Ole Miss as well. Uh, and Jake Sears, Jack Sears, still at uh, Boise? <laughs> is is he? I don't know. I, I, I got I, no idea. I can't remember. Um, anyways, let's get into the roster, shall we? Shall we start talking about USC's 2022 roster? It is a big one uh, in that it's a hell of a lot different than what SC was doing before. Uh, this is the biggest roster takeover you've ever seen in your life, essentially. Um, so many players have come in. So many players have left. Uh, there's the, the COVID season has, you know, obviously was creating, putting things in flux with the one year extra of eligibility people had and how that was kind of forcing transfers. Now you add in Clay Helton gone, Lincoln Riley in. This is a completely different roster, so we want to take an episode to walk through the roster and get familiar with it as we uh, get ready for a season that kicks off in about 10 days. Yeah, this is something that I, I needed to do myself, uh, just writing some USC content for the fansided.com like college football preview. This roster has changed so much. Yeah. And it, it was the kind of thing where like I'm going through the roster, and even though I'm pretty up to date with like the names. I don't know the numbers. I don't know like exact positions where everyone is at this point. So if we need to do this and we think our listeners and viewers need to do it. So hopefully you guys get something out of this and um, feel more familiar with what is a very changed roster going into week one. Yeah. Let's, let's start with the offensive line. Uh, USC breaking in a huge offensive line that has a lot of turnover. 
but a lot of guys coming back at the same time. Andrew Voorhees back for his 93rd season at USC, along with Brent Nilon, Justin Dietrich, uh, Jonah Monheim, who, who got some starting reps last year. He is back, um, but they're going to have to to break in a new starter at left tackle. Uh, according to a tweet from LA Times reporter Ryan Karchi, it looks like Andrew Voorhees will be at left guard, Brett Nilon starting at center, Justin Dietrich at right guard, Jonah Monheim at right tackle, which leaves left tackle to Bobby Haskins, the Virginia transfer, and Cortland Ford. Yeah, it, it was good to get that confirmation. I think we already knew there weren't going to be very many opportunities for somebody to break through uh, as a starter, just because A, there's not a lot of options, B, the guys who return have good experience, and they worked well together last year. So I think the biggest question mark was, would Jonah Monheim just slot in as that right tackle? And it sounds like that is absolutely what he's done. Right. And then Cortland Ford and Bobby Haskins, I saw Lincoln Riley talking about uh, that group and saying, you know, they're comfortable playing the six. So one of them will will end up being named the starter, but I think we can expect to see all six of those guys play and uh, and and not be a situation where it's only those five and then you never see Haskins or you never see Ford. So uh, that should be um, something that that's interesting to watch for the first game to see who actually wins the starting job. But I also expect to see a lot of those guys involved because especially because like they don't have good depth. So right. Maybe I don't, I know that Gino Canones has gotten a lot of um, good talk in uh, in sort of post practice uh, conversations. Uh, so he's somebody that maybe maybe has more of a role than I than I came in thinking about. Uh, I know Joe Bryson, the walk on, was getting a lot of run in spring, so you don't know if he's going to be involved at this point. But the options outside of those six are pretty pretty. Mm. So USC's going to have to really cross their fingers and hope that that group stays healthy. Yeah. Uh, you, you talk about guys with um, who could be depth options for the longest time. It was Dietrich and Monheim, right? Like Dietrich especially yeah. was sort of that depth option for SC the last few years. Well, all of a sudden you, you look at him and he's like a red shirt senior out of nowhere. Yeah. Um, but this is his opportunity to finally be a starter uh, at guard. Uh, I mean, he started last year as well, but like, continue to sort of be on that trajectory to um, to not just be the guy who was the last man in. Um, now that comes down to Haskins and Ford, so we're going to see how that battle kind of progresses going forward. Um, the, the numbers interesting here when you look at uh, Bobby Haskins wearing the number 70. It's a good number for a potential mm-hmm. left tackle, I would say. Yeah, number 70, it's good. It'll fit, it'll fit in well with uh... – with the 57 of Justin Dietrich, the 62 of Brett Nealon. Yeah. The, uh, what do we got? 74 for Cortland Ford, 79 for Jonah Monheim. And I'm missing one. Did I get the five? Voorhees, Voorhees at 72. At 72. Yeah. Voorhees is the most recognizable to me at 72 for right. whatever, because he's been at USC in that number for a million years. So, um, yeah, it's a, it's a lot of 70s and 50s and 60s, and we'll see how they go. Yeah, and the thing about Voorhees, I, this is like, him at left guard is is crazy because you look at where he started on this offensive line and he started just about everywhere. Yeah. Left guard, he started at right tackle, he started at right guard. He took snaps at center for a while there yeah. as, a, as a third option. He's taking snaps at left left tackle as well. So yeah. he sort of bounced a little bit everywhere. Uh let's talk about the wide receivers for the Trojans. Lots of lots and lots and lots of new names here. 
Uh, lots of new numbers to get to, yes. too. A zero with Terrell Bynum. I've talked about it before. How great would it be if SC had a receiving core? Uh, or for at least one play, you had Gary Bryant Jr., Brendan Rice, uh, Jordan Addison, uh, and then Mario Williams. You have one, two, three, four out there, and those are your four receivers. That could you, be crazy. You but, could go five and have zero, one, two, three, yeah. four with Terrell Bynum at zero. Yeah, Terrell yeah. Bynum, the the Washington transfer. Yeah, but Gary Bryant, one, Brendan Rice, two, Jordan Addison, three, and Mario Williams, four. Yeah, it's going to be crazy. Uh, SC has uh, – expect three positions to start uh, in the Lincoln-Riley offense. That's what they started back at Oklahoma. Uh, I did some digging into the Oklahoma uh, depth charts. A little bit interesting, but when you try to figure out they have three receivers on those depth charts, an X, Y, and a Z. Uh, X and Z, pretty simple split ends and flankers. Uh, back in the day, nothing too uh, shocking there. SC has always had an X and a Z and a Y. Um, the inside guy, the interesting thing here, you look back in 2017, kind of the peak of Oklahoma's passing offense um, at OU when they had Lincoln Riley um, as as the, uh, was that his first season, I think, in 2017? 17, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then Baker Mayfield was the quarterback. Uh, the three starting receivers were CeeDee Lamb at the X, Hollywood Brown, Marquise Brown at the Z, and at the Y was Mark Andrews, who's currently a tight end uh, in the NFL, which was interesting to me because I thought, you know, looking at this, that means that I think Drake London would be the Y. Uh, if you look at like 2018 Drake London at USC, he would have been the Y um, in this defense or in this offense. 2019, Drake London as a freshman. Yeah, and this is where it's. It, uh... It would have been really nice if we had been able to be at practice to sort of sort out who is playing where. I think with this group, you have to sort of look at not necessarily trying to typecast them in the three, but sort of look at you're going to have the three starters, but you're probably going to have at least five guys in the in the regular rotation, Mm -hmm. if not six. And so you look at Jordan Addison, obviously, yeah. he's the first name on the team. Pencil sheet. him at the X, I would as, say. Yeah, as they say in, in soccer. Mario Williams, it's just hard to imagine he won't be a starter for USC at this point, given his connection to Caleb Williams. And then you've got, I, I genuinely do not know who that third starter will be. It will be a surprise when we, when we look at the first depth chart that comes out, because it could be Garen Bryan Jr. He was a starter for USC last year. Right. He has production under his belt, and he's a, he's a really good player. And maybe Lincoln Riley can unlock some of his speed uh, as, a, as a threat in this offense. But at the same time, Taj Washington, productive player. Um, Brendan Rice, big potential coming out of Colorado. Yeah. Uh, you've got um, uh, Kyle Ford, who, if you want to talk about like the Mike Am- Mark Andrews, like, tight endy body to me it's california Ford. Ford Ford is that guy, guy. Yeah, yeah exactly terrell bynum from washington could be could be a guy that really contributes um you know john jackson the third is another one of those sort of bigger body guys that mm-hmm. they could play on the inside if they want we know that michael jackson really uh thrived as a freshman in in camp so maybe this is the year he takes the step forward karen Ware hudson we haven't gotten to see anything from him because he redshirted last year cj williams is the new guy coming in as the freshman uh, taking on the number eight, like we don't know what to expect from him. So, and and Lincoln Riley has talked about him being very consistent and and being very reliable for them. So, this is a really interesting receiving core in that any combination of four of those names, with Jordan Addison being the only absolute lock, yeah, I would believe could be a starting lineup for USC <laughs> this year. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, even when you look at uh, Kyron Hudson and, and CJ Williams, two guys who are on the younger side, uh, they have every much to to say about this as anyone else, right? Like, you, you look at Brendan Rice. Brendan Rice has three years of eligibility left after coming over from Colorado. Only twenty one catches last year, three touchdowns for the Buffs, but. Colorado's passing offense was atrocious. Miserably I bad. I think I could throw more yards, you know, in that offense yeah. th- than what they what you, they did. You last could year. put Jerry Rice in that offense, and I don't know that he would have had more than four hundred yards receiving. No, by the way, did you know that Brendan Rice is Jerry's son? I did not did know that? that. I mean, I just, news. I just learned about that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I think I think it's gonna be interesting to see all the mixes and the combinations here. If you go with the big body inside. At that Y, I wouldn't be surprised if it was Kyle Ford. If you want to go smaller, speedy, speedster guy, maybe it's Gary Bryant Jr. I don't know. Todd yeah. Washington someone who absolutely needs reps too. 54 catches, 602 yards, and a TD last year. Um, lots of guys to play around with. Uh, let's move on to the tight ends. Lisa, your favorite position. Yep. Um, this one's a little interesting because – as we mentioned with Mark Andrews, if someone is really a receiving tight end, they could be in the mix to start out wide as a wide receiver, or they could just be labeled an H-back on the upcoming depth chart, look for them in either spot, even though I do think it'd be interesting if SC put out a depth chart that labeled them as tight ends for, you know, SC fans' sake, maybe? Uh, and And... Other coaches have done that before. They've changed their terminology when they've gotten to USC. So yeah. it's possible that they could do that. Yeah. Um, who, who do who do we think starts here? Is it is it Malcolm Epps' job to sort of lose? So I've been I've been sort of penciling in Malcolm Epps just because he's got sort of seniority, and I don't trust that Josh Fowler will be healthy, and Jude Wolf Wolf is going to be injured. But at the same time, like I wouldn't be surprised given the new sort of. Uh, offense and everything like that Lake McCree, I would not be surprised if he just came through and was the starter. So that's a, that's, this is a really wide open group as well in, in a little bit more of a big question mark sense than the wide receiver core. It's like, well, anybody could just pop up. Like this is a, who will be available. This group has a really bad injury history across the board. Uh, So I'm, I'm very curious, but Lake McCree could eat here. Uh, Malcolm Epps, number nineteen. I love. I liked what I saw from him last year in terms of getting himself settled. But uh, Lake McCree is really the guy with the ceiling that um, that stands out of this group. If you sort of discount that Jude Wolf is just is injured again, and we don't know when he's going to be back. Yeah. So who knows when he'll have a chance to live up to to the hype? Um, yeah, Ethan Ray and Josh Follow. I'll believe that they will play when I see them because the injuries have been beyond and then Sean Mahoney's the former walk-on so he might get time because this group is is a little thin but it's uh it's I don't I, it's like throwing a dart like I, I have no idea yeah I I, I think for me I, I just want to see like McCree what like McCree can do uh when it came out last year that Michael Trigg was transferring and that was a huge blow because loss, yeah. everyone had kind of put their eggs in the basket of Michael Trigg and at the tight end uh, spot, but Lake McCree was really good. Only four games last year, seven catches, 91 yards. And I feel like all of those catches kind of highlight real catches. Um, so I'm excited to see what he can do, uh, for SC, uh, in the passing game. So Epson McCree, absolutely. I think the guys to keep an eye on and we'll see how everything else comes to fruition there. Let's move on on offense and talk about 
the running backs, a completely new running back room for the most part. Uh, the only one that's back is Darwin Barlow. Everyone else, a whole bunch of new names. Travis Dye, the presumed starter, the transfer from Oregon, 211 carries, 1,271 yards, 16 touchdowns, uh, 16 rushing touchdowns last year for the Ducks. Also had 46 carries, sorry, 46 catches, 402 receiving yards, and two receiving touchdowns for the Ducks last year. Uh, I think that'll play. I absolutely think that'll play. And you mix it in with the speedster Austin Jones transfer from Stanford. And then there's Relief Brown, who is the highly touted uh, incoming running back as well. Yeah, this this group is going to be fun to watch because there's unknowns in terms of how will Travis Dye and Austin Jones fit in. Yeah. There's the unknown of how much action will Relief Brown see. He... Uh, he has been probably the name I've seen the most from players and media talking about a player uh, in terms of, of complimentary discussions. Relique Brown has been just all over the place. Dude's talking about how fast he is, how electric he is. So um, keep an eye out for the number 14. I know that everyone, you know, got used to, to watching 14 uh, as a, as a quarterback, but 14 as a running back is going to be really interesting uh, just to see how much he plays. Like, I think if things go right, my ideal thing for this group would be to see Travis Dye and Austin Jones and Darwin Barlow be like a, a, a committee that, that will see which one takes over the role. I obviously Travis Dye is the, is the favorite there, but against rice, like it would be really, really fun if USC got enough of a lead to just let Relique Brown take the the second half and just make it his own and, and show fans what it is that, you know, let him have his, um, his moment like, um, like, like, uh, Stephen Carr against Western Michigan. Like Stephen Carr against Rest Western Michigan yeah. or, um, uh, oh my gosh, why am I forgetting? Uh, Keenan Kristen against Arizona. Against Arizona. Yeah, yeah. Just like have that moment and get us all excited about the, the, the young talent. Uh, that, that would be a lot of fun. But at the same time, this group is, a little bit thin. Yeah. Um, the good thing is the depth that's there is good depth. I like if, if you get down to Darwin Barlow, I don't think you're in trouble. Yeah. But I, if you get down to Darwin Barlow, you, you are talking walk-ons getting major reps and that's worry for worrisome. I, yes, I guess they're thin in that you want more dudes than those leading four. Cause you, you miss Brandon Campbell who transferred away, but, at the same time, Darwin Barlow was good last year when mm-hmm. he was in there. Like, I, I don't think, you know, he's any slouch. The the transfer from, um, was it TCU? Yeah, he, TCU. He, he came over. Yeah. Uh, 62 carries, 289 yards last year and a couple of touchdowns. Like, I think he can absolutely contribute. So I think those top four guys you should expect to get uh, their fair uh, share of uh, reps. Let's go talk about the quarterbacks. I don't think there's much time to spend here. No. Uh, it's going to be Caleb Williams. He's the starter. Duh. Last year at OU, he started the last eight games, appearing in 11 games total. Uh, 21 touchdowns through the air, only four picks. A passer rating of 169.6, uh, 435 carry or yards on the ground. A true dual threat guy, something USC has not had in decades. And it's going to be fascinating to see how that fits into this offense um, and it should fit pretty well because this is an offense that he knows quite well over at Oklahoma. He did have some growing pains as a freshman, but 
for a freshman to put up 21 touchdowns and four picks and complete 64.5% of their passes, uh, you take that. I and mean, 169.6 passer rating, sign me up. Yep. 435 yards and six rushing touchdowns, sign me up. Yep. Um, he has endless potential. And the thing that I think gets me the most excited about Caleb Williams, aside from the fact that he we- he's wearing my number, number 13, um, which, Your is, number, which was yeah. my number growing up, mm-hmm. um, is that everyone who is around him talks about his mindset is is more like is built for the competition. Like he will not let himself not succeed. And I think that is the kind of thing, the the sort of hard mindset that USC needs to have coming in this year uh, to, in order to let this season play out as as positively as possible because there will be growing pains. But if you have a quarterback who's just dragging you to the finish line, then all of those little hiccups mean that much less. So yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing him on that front. Yeah. I, I think it's a another fascinating year to see what a USC quarterback can do, uh, especially one who transfers in with so much valued hype, such as Caleb Williams, uh, something that he hasn't seen. Uh, let's move to the defensive side of the ball, though. Talk about the defensive line. A lot of moving parts here. I think this one's going to be interesting to see what all comes to together. Uh, OU under Alex Grinch has started three guys on the defensive line, defensive end, a nose guard, and a defensive tackle. Yet I think Tui Tulipolotu is the guy, the, the main dude here. The, he's the one that you see on billboards and whatnot. Um, what do you make of this of this unit and who stands out for you? Yeah, Tuli Tupelotu is the one leading the way that the the line will go as he goes. Uh, he has so much ability, and I would just love to see this Grinch offense like let him roll. Yeah. Um, but he needs support. He needs help, and this is where he will be the one that leads the way. But he, like the 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 group as a whole needs to be so much better than they've been in the past. Um, Nick Figaro, we've liked him in the past. Last season felt like a step back. So yeah. I'd like to see him rebound because we know he can be better. He's got the number 99 now. Yeah. He moved to number 99. Yeah. Like, like that number. It's going to be weird to see a lot it on of focus him. on him be- with that number. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and then at nose guard, you've got uh, by all accounts, it's going to be Stanley Taufu, uh, which good for Stanley, bad for me and my ability to pronounce his last name. We we said when he arrived as a freshman that we were going to call him Stanley T. Sticking with it because I I barely still, still know how to it. spell yeah, it. Go for it. Um, no, like it's just it's just I have a mental block, so there we go. But uh, but yeah, so it would I feel a little bit more comfortable if someone bigger than Stanley T was that nose guard? Probably. Does USC have somebody better than him on this current roster? It it doesn't necessarily look like it. So you just got to roll with what you got to got to go with. You know what I want to see? I want to see Brandon Peely back. Um, It's been a long time. Yeah, it's been a really long time. And I basically missed the last two seasons. Uh, He played last year, but like limited, if I remember right. And then I missed all the season before that, the COVID year in 2020. Mm -hmm. He, he's got so much potential. So, so athletic. He can play sort of, all of those spots and on the defensive line, but he's got the size, especially the size to, to play uh, at the, at the nose guard spot. Mm-hmm. So I want to see what he can do. Solomon bird is the other one 
The other transfer I think is fascinating coming in from Wyoming. Uh, three and a half tackles for loss last year. All of them were sacks for the Cowboys. But in 2020, nine and a half tackles for loss, six and a half sacks. He was limited to just eight games last year. So what can he do? I don't know. I think it's going to be interesting to see how he gets in the mix as well. Expect to see a lot of the the new transfer, uh, number 51, Solomon Bird. There's uh, also, I, I've also seen some talk um, from practice that Dejon Benton has really stood out. Yeah. And that this may be the year that he uh, he comes through and, and, and starts to really assert himself. So, I mean, one of the things that I would really like to see you have this group of transfers. You've got uh, Tyrone Teleni, Earl Barquet, uh, Sindrin Astani from um, San Jose State, who's actually a, a walk-on transfer. Um, and then you've got like the the recruits that you're sort of are waiting in the wing. You've got Dejan Benton, Kobe Pepe, Jamar Sakona. Those guys, it would be really nice if one of each of those groups was able to really grab hold of either a key backup role or maybe take over a starting role at some point. Um, or be just big time contributors. I, I think yeah. that would mean a very positive thing for Sean Newis coaching, the defensive line coach, and also just yep. what this front is is trying to accomplish. Yeah, I think there's a lot of pressure on Sean Newis in year one. Yes. And um, he, w- he coached the best off, uh, defensive line, arguably, in college football last year in Michigan. Mm-hmm. So um, that's the type of guy that you want to bring in. We'll see what he can do the question, for the Trojans in year one. The question Sean Newis has to answer is was that all one star player yeah or can he really do a, a big coaching job with this group yeah uh that's the question i mean aiden hutchinson was pretty good yes so we'll, we'll, very we'll good we'll see what new can can have in store to follow that up let's go to the edge rushers uh one of the smallest units on the team only four dudes uh they got their own coach roy manning uh the edge rushers Solomon Tuliapupu, yes, that Solomon Tuliapupu. <laughs> yeah. He is an edge rusher along with Corey Foreman, Romello Height, and Devin Tompkins. This might be the group that has the most eyeballs on it because Romello Height, uh, the incoming transfer from uh, Auburn, uh, War Eagle, 19 tackles, three tackles for loss for the Tigers last year out on the Plains. Uh, and then there's Corey Foreman, three and a half tackles uh, for loss last year. Someone that everyone has a ton of you know, anticipation for the number one recruit in the class of 2021. Uh, he's been injured uh, so far in fall camp. Then there's Solomon Tuliapupu, who's been injured since 1943. You want to see him on the roster, right? You want to see him out on the field. There's so much uh, anticipation to get him out there. He's sort of the fan favorite because he's easy to root for because he's had such a difficult career and and difficult uh, time staying healthy. Hopefully, you want to hope that this is his opportunity to get out there. Uh, what, what do you make of this group? Um, whew. Romello height better be good. <laughs> Why? Because he's wearing number two. Well, he's wearing number two. He I tra- mean, Foreman's wearing number zero. Yeah. No, no, no. It's, it's more just like, because Solomon Tuliapupu and Corey Foreman have missed a lot of time with injuries. Just this camp, Corey Foreman missed spring camp. Um, like they're, Foreman and Tulipupo I saw in tweets today were back at practice. So that's good. Like that's, they're getting, you know, you need them as, as the season gets closer, but like Romelo, so much is, is rolling on Romelo Heights shoulders and, you know, he, he has potential for sure, but it's not like he was, you know, a star player at Auburn he's coming to USC to get his opportunity. And yeah. man, if he came to USC to get the spotlight on him, the spotlight's going to be on him. He needs to come out 
like a wrecking ball and just dominate early because uh, USC needs that desperately from this position. Now, ultimately, the goal will be to get Corey Foreman to be an absolute monster in this role. But I think that SC fans should come into the season with a lot of patience around Foreman. He has missed so much time this offseason that if he is, you know, by October, I want to, I want to start thinking about where is Corey Foreman. I'm not even going to like be thinking necessarily where is Corey Foreman in the first, you know, three four weeks of the season because he just needs time to to get back up to speed. And I'm not going to try and like put too much uh, into uh, expectation on him. But that means that the expectation has to transfer to somebody, and like Romello Height could be a make or break player for USC this year. It's going to be fascinating to watch because. If USC doesn't have anyone in this group to rely on, I don't know. I don't know what you do. Like I don't. I, I think you get multiple. Right, this is going to be a multiple defense. Yes. I, I think you got guys in the inside linebackers who could be, a, you know, outside of a rush guy. Um, one of those guys. I think we're going to get to in a couple of minutes. Uh, I think you go back to um, the defensive line dudes, and maybe a Solomon Bird can go outside and be an edge rusher. Right, mm-hmm. like yeah. maybe a Nick Figueroa can be an edge rusher. Like. Those guys as a defensive end are already sort of setting the edge in that way, even on the line itself. So I think there's ways to get multiple um, and to play around with it. And I think you're going to see out of a defense like Alex Grinch's that it's that lives and breeds multiple looks um, that you're going to see so much, you know, so many different fronts and, and looks anyways that there's going to be a lot of guys in and out of the lineup as it is. You want to be doing multiple looks because you want to though, not because you have sure. to. And 100%. that's really the question. Yeah. And because they're looks that make sense for you defensively Yes, and, and to see how everything, you know, kind of fits together. Uh, we, we, we got a, we got a comment that says rumor is that they're running a three, three, five. Yeah. Essentially. Um, when you look at the, the depth chart that Oklahoma put together last year, that's how it was positionally. Mm-hmm. Three guys on the on the defensive line. Um, there was, you know, a, we talked about an end, a, a nose guard and a defensive tackle, an edge rusher who's considered essentially yeah. a linebacker in this defense. Yeah, it's basically the rush linebacker. I think that's even listed. It's yeah, a on, rush linebacker. On, yeah. This whole roster rundown, we, we took the designations from the actual roster. Yeah. And these guys are designated as edge. Yeah. Or no, sorry, rush. So they're, they're listed, yeah. listed as, yeah, r- rush um, linebackers. Yeah. And then there's two inside linebackers, a Mike and a Will, which we'll get to in a second. And then the defensive backs have five positions, two safeties, two corners, and a nickel. Uh, so, yeah, essentially is a three through five. But yeah. I think that that still leads um, some flexibility because when you have that rush linebacker, if that rush linebacker plays up on the front, then it's sort of going to mirror a four to five, right? Yeah. Like those things can sort of, uh, you know, give you different uh, orientations of what you're looking at. And certainly the guys that are in this group are more the 425 body types than right. a, you know, a, a traditional outside, a linebacker. traditional outs, like a, like a, a, a strong side linebacker or something like that. Yeah. Like your, your Keith Richards. Your Sam. Yeah. Keith Richards. Keith, 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 Keith Richards. What am I saying? Keith Richards. Jeez. <laughs> that would have been a different defense, Michael. <laughs> Yeah, I'm just yeah inside linebackers. Let's talk about inside yeah. linebackers. Uh, the the big name to get to know number fifty three, Shane Lee, the transfer uh, from Alabama. I think we can just absolutely pencil him in um, as the starting middle linebacker. He was one of USC's two players at Pac-12 Media Day back at the end of July. 
Um, and the other spot I think is up for grabs and it's going to be interesting to see who fits it. Uh, Alec Gen- uh, Eric Gentry um, was a great player for ASU last year as a true freshman. Here he is as a sophomore wearing the number 18 for USC. Uh, can he channel that Dion Bailey um, and, and be a productive player on defense uh, at linebacker from SC? We'll see. Uh, Raylan Goforth has plenty of starting reps as well. Uh, back on the roster is Taylor Katoa after a few years off of it. Um, and then there's Chris Thompson, the the Auburn transfer who was a safety. He's converted to inside linebacker. A uh, lot of names on this list. Yeah, a lot of intrigue on this list. And, you know, obviously I think Shane Lee is the most important player on the defense going in this year. The defense needs him to be the freshman All-American level and higher than he was at Alabama. Um, critical, critical, critical addition. I know yep. that it's hard to say that USC had a more impactful transfer than getting Caleb Williams and Jordan Addison, but like Chainley needs to be in that degree of, of player because really when it comes down to it, USC hasn't had good linebacker play for too long and it's, been a while, yeah. uh, it's and and Shane Lee needs to, to flip that around what I like about the battle next to Shane Lee is that you know Raylan Goforth has a lot of experience Eric Gentry has a lot of potential um Julian Simon and Tuasibi Namora have have uh you know bring their own sort of uh f- football potential to the mix with Namora as like the the Tasmanian devil and Julian Simon is just like the the do it everything kind of linebacker that he was coming out of high school. Um, Rayshon J- Davis, another really highly rated linebacker coming out of high school. So yeah. um, there's some really interesting potential guys that are, that are waiting in the wings there. And what I would hope to see is in a, with a new coaching staff with sort of new pecking orders, if Raylan Goforth isn't up to snub, then give Eric Gentry that chance. Give to a Stevie Nomura or Julian Simon or Rajon Davis, yeah. that or even Chris Thompson. We'll see how he transitions to linebacker. But um, you just want to see that. So what I would like to see is Raylan go forth on the field because he deserves to be on the field, not because he inherited a starting role. And I'm not saying that because I think that he can't be good enough. I think that next to Shane Lee, that could be the thing that, you know, I, that he needs. But I don't know that that's going to be a thing this year. Um uh, th- this roster, I mean, th- this coaching staff is not committed to the roster. We've seen that in yeah. practicality, right? Like so many dudes are gone. Um, obviously, there's plenty of guys back like Raylan Goforth. But like, I don't think anyone's going to just get handed a job just because they were the starter last year. They're going to have to really earn it. Um, given that this team, this this coaching staff, you know, nudge guys out and brought other transfers in, you know, to, to give them opportunities. And they wouldn't have done that uh, if they would have been truly committed to the roster as is. Um, so I think that that gives a lot of chance for for Gentry to come in and sort of win his, his starting job uh, and compete with Goforth. So I think you're just going to get the the best of whatever you can there. The cream rises to the top. Yeah. I'm still fascinated to see what it ends up being because I'm a little skeptical of the Shane Lee stuff, um, it's been three years since he was that um, contributing player at Alabama. Um, not that I'm not that I doubt his potential, more so it's it's been a long time and it's hard to sort of channel that thing when you have 
injuries and then you come back and then you get buried on the depth chart a little bit. I I, I want to believe get, he's the guy. If you were going to get buried on any depth chart. And then Alabama's the one, like, right? Like that's not the worst depth chart to no, get buried for, on. So, 100%. Yeah. So the, the the hope is obviously Shane Lee yes. was in a Nick Saban system, saw Nick Saban level preparation Absolutely. and and that he rubs off on everybody around him. Yeah. Even if he is slowed down by the uh by the injury stuff. Uh, let's look at the secondary. Um, the secondary last season for USC, um, up and down, and in comes a completely remodeled secondary, it looks like. Uh, Kalen Bullock, of course, is back. He's the freshman All-American. He's the one that you circle. Uh, now we're in the number seven, uh, paying homage to guys like Mark Carrier uh, and uh, TJ McDonald. Love it. Um I'm excited to see him back in the single digit back there. Mm-hmm. I think he's the obvious starter um, at one spot. Any of the any of the the spots here, presumably safety, uh, and from there and then on out, I think it's anyone's guess. And I'm curious your thoughts. Yeah, if I was, if you had to give tell me to to pick a like make an all American pick on this defense that just sort of surprises the sort of national How's audience it not Bullock? is Kalen Bullock. Yeah. Uh, Kalen Bullock is, is, is that level of, of, of prospect. I think he's got the the world ahead of him. Um, you know, he's not quite like Sue Cravens was when he was a freshman. He's not quite at that level, but like he reminded me the way he would make a play, like the, just the way you could tell the, the contact he could make the, the way he'd close down the way he'd pursue it was just on another level than anybody else on that defense last year. Yeah. And uh, I'm really, really excited for him. Um, Xavier Alford, the the transfer from Texas who got a, a decent amount of playing time last year would be my pick to be the starter next to him at safety. Um, obviously Bryson Shaw has come in from Ohio state with some starting experience, although based on, you know, people I've talked to, it wasn't necessarily good starting experience. So it was third on the Buckeyes and tackles. Actually. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, um, safety spot. Maybe yeah. That's not the greatest thing, but yeah, you, you also have some guy again, like the linebacker situation where you've got some guys waiting in the wings here, where if it's not Alfred, you know, it might be fun to see someone like Marion Gordon make a run. Anthony Beavers make a run. Jalen Smith sort of make a run at, uh, at contributing at one of those safety spots. But for now, I'm just going to, I would lock in Kalen Bullock and Xavier Alford as the starters. And I'm very comfortable with those two, actually. I think that's a, that's a, a, a decent enough safety uh, starting pair to rely on this season. Yeah. And at the, at the corner spots, a um, bunch of transfers in Makai Blackman uh, comes in from Colorado uh, from OU. You have Latrell McCutcheon, uh, Jacoby Covington from Washington. Yeah, and then Domani Jackson, the top recruit in the state of California um, from modern day, uh, is wearing the number one on defense. Uh, what what uh, what make you the the corners? Well, Makai Blackman is 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 I think slightly an under the radar transfer um, because I don't think we're talking about him a lot, but we probably should be because he is a bona fide starter from Colorado. Yeah. who should just walk in and be the starter. Like he, he should be the, the um, Shane Lee level of like, yep, walk in, you're the starter. No question. Um, next to him is really where all the questions similar to Kalen Bullock is your starter. And then who's the next guy? Uh, it's Makai Blackman. And then uh, who knows? Uh, I've heard tell of, of Joshua Jackson being impressive. Um, from from two time 
State champ Narbonne. Narbonne, yes. Yeah. Uh, Sierra Wright has been talked about a ton in fall camp, um, and not always just in the he's being asked about a lot in fall camp, which was, I think, the case early on. But like he's getting name dropped by Lincoln Riley and, and other people more and more often. So um, maybe he's in, in the mix to, to be more of a contributor than, than I would have expected coming in this season. But yeah. uh, there's a group here that's that's a little bit unpredictable. Um, Jacoby Covington has also been praised, um, I've seen, from from Riley. So that group, it could be like a Makai Blackman and then one of three or four other guys if Damani Jackson decides to to make a run at, at getting some serious playing time early in the season, certainly late in the season. I would not be surprised if we saw Damani Jackson take over eventually, but mm-hmm. you also don't want to rush him into a starting job if, before he's ready. So, um, And that's one of the things is USC has had to rush those Damani Jackson level guys into starting jobs immediately. It would be nice if they didn't have to do that this year, but right. uh, if he's ready to play, he's ready to play. So, um, yeah, so and- far, I don't know that I've heard the kind of chatter that you would need to hear to suggest that he's ready to go though. So probably looking at Makai Blackman and then Josh Jackson or Jacoby Covington or, or one of those other guys. Not the end of the world to slowly no. bring in your blue chip that way. It's actually ideal. Like USC, yeah, wish USC did that more often. Right. Um, the other thing is the Nickelback spot. Um, is this just Max Williams? It's spot? Max like, Williams. Max Williams, you know, I, I talked about Solomon Tulia-Pupu being like a fan favorite because of the effort that he gives and, and the hope that everyone has for his potential. Max Williams is so much that guy too. Um, a couple of ACL tears. Uh, he's a guy that the coaches just rave about. Someone who is constantly coming back quicker and quicker and quicker from injuries than expected because he just works his ass off. Um, and someone who has such great football IQ might not be the fastest guy out there. might not be the twitchiest, but I don't think he's lying about anything about there because he has such good awareness. He's always in the right place at the right time. And I think if you can put him at Nickelback, and get starting reps out of him and strong contributions, you can feel really good about the the, uh, secondary. No one at USC, and I mean no one, no one on this roster deserves a full season of starting action more than Max Williams. The stuff this kid has gone through outside of his control with injury, the way every time he's fought back ahead of schedule to get back, to, to, to absolutely be in the mix. Like this kid, his, 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 um, just persistence and, um, and, and willpower is off the freaking charts to the max. I want nothing more than for him to get his opportunity, which is, it sucks too, because when he's been able to play, which has not been very often, he's been really good. He's been very, very, very exciting. Like very good. Like, like sort of the kind of plays that you that you praise Kalen Bullock for making, where it's like, yeah, he was just there. That's what Max Williams was doing, right? And he just has had the worst, worst, worst injury. Was it the Washington game that he had in twenty nineteen? Yeah, he had like a, a great sack, like on third down or yeah, something. Yeah, and he had a he had a, a big like he blew up a bubble screen or something. Like I don't know, he just my memories of him are that Washington game. It was so promising, and it just. I want him to be able to just have a full season uninterrupted by injury to just do his thing. And I think he will be a, an app. Like if if you told me right now, Max Williams will be 100% healthy the entire season. I would tell you pencil him in for all pack 12 honors, like yeah. second team at, at worst all pack 12 honors. Yeah. So we'll, just, we'll see if he gets a clean bill of health the whole yeah. season. I, I, 
like you said, if anyone deserves it, it's it's definitely him. Uh, let's talk about the specialists to wrap this thing up uh, in terms of the roster. Uh, place kicker. Um, gone is Parker Lewis. He's uh, no longer a Trojan. He's, what, at Ohio State now? Um, and Alex Stadhouse, presumably the guy, he originally put himself in the transfer portal only to come back um, immediately after Parker Lewis left. Uh, Dennis Lynch, I think, is someone to keep an eye on because friend of the pod, uh, Chris Trevino, always talks about how great uh, Dennis Lynch is. So I, I'm I'm with Chris that I want to see Chris be happy and Dennis Lynch get some reps. But um, yeah, I think Stadhouse is, is the guy to expect uh, as the place kicker. Um, the long snapper position wide open because Damon Johnson is no longer here. He was here for like 84 years. It felt like. Yes, he was here for 84 years and he made us not have to talk about the snapping position for 84 years. The, that was the last lovely. two Damon Johnson and Zach Smith and Zach never Smith, had to talk about. Lovely, lovely, lovely. I'm going to just assume that Jack Casasante is going to be the guy because he's the oldest, but I have no idea to be honest. Um, Hopefully we don't have to mention any of their names very often this year uh, because that means they are doing their job and we don't have to worry. Yeah. And then at the punter spots, uh, number 42. 42. What a number for a punter. No kidding. Aiden Sleep Dalton uh, out of uh, Australia. Um, And yet another Australian punter. It was it was supposed to be. Um, the guy whose name just completely escaped. Yeah, me. Um, he's he's escaping me as well too. Uh, with an A. Yeah. Yes, that, that guy. guy. Um, <laughs> yeah, and then um, Ainsley Dalton is the brother, I believe, of the Iowa punter from last year as yeah. well. Um, and another um kicker from uh Pro Kick Australia, the um same place that uh, your dude Ben Griffiths my, my man came yep. from. Um it is the post Ben Griffiths era. How are you coping? Uh poorly. I don't know. I I'm I'm not as excited about the punter as I've ever as I've been over the last, you know, 3-4 years. So even even with the number 42? I mean, Aiden Sleep Dalton, great name. 42 great number so sleep just, dalton for a punter is like do you want to sleep on the punter i don't know on on paper i am all aboard but part of me suspects because he he arrived late like he's, he's an absolutely new arrival part of me suspects that will Who rose needs to, they, they don't need that much practice they're at Pro Kick Australia, they're doing this stuff all the time. I mean, that's he, true. He's, he's so maybe time. he rolls out there first game of the season and just uh, Atticus Bertram's. Yes, Atticus Thank Bertram. you, Ross. Yeah. Um, that was the one, Atticus, memorable name. Uh, so he was the punter that is no longer coming to USC. But part of me just thinks like Will Rose is just going to step in there. And and again, this is a situation where like the less we have to talk about the punter, the better. So we'll see. Yeah, 100%. Uh, that's going to wrap it up for... Uh, us talking about the roster. Uh, it is a big new roster. A lot of stuff going on, as we've mentioned before, uh, for USC this season. A um, lot of changeover, a lot of guys coming in, a lot of guys moving out. Uh, so let's get to uh, the mailbag and uh, get to those things. We got a bunch of your questions in the chat. Uh, Alicia has been going through here. Uh, in the chat over on on YouTube and uh, starring everybody that uh, has left the question. And we'll run through these rapid fire before we wrap this thing up. Uh, Josh says, who do you think will land that left tackle spot? 
Uh, Cortland Ford got more time in the spring and the fall, so I'll go with him. All right. Ron from L.A., Lower Alabama, says, how many games would USC have to win to be considered a top 10 team? We're talking about top 10 at the end of the year? I don't know, nine or ten, right? Like it, it depends, right? Because depends on what everyone else does. It depends on what everyone else does. Also, if if they are a team that surges late, it could be as little as nine games. Uh, you look at SC back in 2016. Uh, they went what was it, uh, nine and one in the last ten games or whatever it was, mm-hmm. um, and kind of surged there with Sam Darnold and turned things around. So, yeah, I, I think it's I think it's. Probably 10 games to become a top 10 team, but could be nine depending on if it's impressive or not. Um, Alex says, if the Big Ten and SEC were drafting schools, would Notre Dame equal uh, Florida State and Miami combined? Combined, yes, but not uh, Notre Dame as such a national brand. It, it It's unique. So the the crazy thing is in the 90s you would have said no like you would have taken Miami yeah like maybe they would have equaled each other yeah you know uh one for one if, but if, not for one for two there if the Big 10 and the SEC were drafting schools today Notre Dame would be the number one pick and yes. then would Miami and then I think FSU? Florida State would be number two yeah but yeah. but it, it would be a question of two and three there would be no question about number one yeah 100% uh, Ross says, what's the latest on the NIL collective? Any signs USC administration changes their stance? I don't think they can, right? Like, I don't think they, they can really change their stance. Um, they're going to they're gonna have to be vocally tough against those things because they got to establish that there's a, a difference between them and the collective themselves. I think that's yeah. just a formality, right? The more distance USC the school puts between itself and that collective, probably the better in terms of just plausible deniability. But right. um, we also don't know what the timetable on that collective is. They were just like the, the, the press release they put out and the, the article in the LA times was just like, we're, we're thinking about doing this, not like we've done this. So, right. Yeah. Uh, Michael Belzil comes in. Great name, by the way, Michael, love that. Uh, what is the best Riley cap? Uh, what is the best Riley? Cap Riley or Visor Riley? Visor Riley seems OP. Yeah, it has to be Visor Riley. I'm a. I, it's just like Visor Kiffin, right? Yeah, I'm a. I'm a Visor Riley kind of person. Um, yeah, I think there's only some coaches that have, can pull off the visor. Do he, we have a of sense of what he's wearing at practice, or like, do we? I don't know that I have a sense of if he's capping it or visoring it, but I, I think I've seen both. Yeah, but, but I would expect. I hope visor. it's. I hope it's Visor on the sideline. Yeah. Um, next question. Hugo says, guys, why the Utah hype? Ohio State put 20 opt-outs in the bowl. Uh, they have a week. They won a week conference. Oregon was not very good. Uh, Oregon was not very good, but they drubbed Oregon twice. Um, and I think that if you're, if you're Utah and you're playing a team like Oregon, drubbing them twice is how you beat them. Um, Utah did not falter. Uh, after they they made the move to to Cam Rising and really solidified everything uh, there at the end of September, they were a runaway runaway freight train and they dominated teams as they should, um, which is not really what you've seen from Utah before because Utah has done this thing where they've been very good at winning close games. That team last year from Utah was just thoroughly trashing teams left and right. Utah has a quarterback. Utah always has a good run game. Utah has a good defense. And Oregon might not be any better this year than they were last year. 
This is true. Yeah. Uh, Rama says, what is the one position where injuries could really impact the team and the season win total? Offensive line. Yeah. Offensive line. I think offensive line and then, I mean, quarterback, obviously just by circumstance quarterback. But um, yeah, I would say probably the lines for sure. Um, SC brings back four guys who have starting experience on the offensive line, which is a good thing. But uh, of those dudes, like um, Voorhees and Nilon are the ones who have considerable experience. Dietrich and Monheim have limited starting experience, sort of. Um, so, yeah, probably the offensive line. Yeah. Uh, Pontrecam says, what does USC need to show you in the first three weeks to get you to bump up your win total prediction? Well, beating Stanford would bump up my win total prediction because uh, I'm factoring in a Stanford hey, loss. Hey, no, I know we're that's that's no to come. Spoilers. That's to come. Don't Sorry. spoiler like spoil Monday's episode. Spoiler Monday, yeah. We need people to come back for Monday's episode. Yeah, um, really, what what I need to see is um, the offense hit the ground running. I think that will be a big, big test because it's not enough to just go out and say like, oh. USC scored, you know, 32, 33 points against Rice. Like, I need to see, like, 67 points against Rice. I need to see an absolute, like, drubbing of Stanford on the offensive side for me to start getting really confident offensively. And then on defense, I just need the defense to to be – I would like to see an aggressive defense that's capable of creating turnovers and getting to the quarterback. I don't necessarily think that the points they give up right now is going to be something that's going to change my perspective one way or another, unless it's like giving up 40 points. But um, if they're getting to the quarterback consistently and, uh, and, and creating some, some havoc when they have the opportunities, um, if they get burned, I don't mind so much if they're getting, if it's like the kind of thing where the other team has to do something great in order to overcome the amount of pressure that they're getting. So that's yeah. sort of where I'm looking for. I just want to see some some quarterbacks looking uncomfortable. Yeah, for me it would be improvement. I think uh, improvement week to week defensively. And if the if the defense comes out and they look like stalwarts and improve every week, then yeah, right. I, I think you go from start to thinking, could this be like an uh, eight or nine win team that's in a transition year to could they actually win 10, 11 games? Yeah. Um, I think it's tough because those first three games, SC will be favored by double digits in all three of them. Um, I think they progressively get harder. I, I think that uh, Fresno State is no pushover. I think every SC fan knows that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and every SC fan knows that Stanford in week two is certainly no pushover. So those are three games that SC should absolutely win comfortably. But Stanford and, and Fresno State have their voodoo. Um, so you know how those things could get. Uh, mind you, it's a completely new team. Maybe the voodoo doesn't play. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, next one comes from Nick. Uh, why have I been listening to you guys for a decade uh, and haven't called in yet? Time really does fly. Yeah, like g- give us a call in to the, to the rant line. 213-373-1872 is the phone number. Um, and so I, I hey. still got to figure out what we're going to do from the rant line going forward with the uh, audio. I think we got to get the soundboard uh, back online. We found the sound. We soundboard. did find the soundboard. <laughs> we found it. It got lost in the move. It, but... we, we moved a year ago, and yeah. um, we we couldn't find it, but we yeah. we have discovered it. So once we get that back online, we'll be able to get calls and all that stuff. 
uh, back I to want, the mix. I want the rant line to be popping because it in the last couple of years and we totally got it. Like no, no blame to, to the audience, but like, let's go guys. Let's have some fun now. hundred percent. Uh, Kings fan says, I'd like to see JJ three, get some playing time. Do I hope for have to hope for blowouts for that to happen? I don't know. I think it depends on, it could depend on what they want to do offensively. Like, you know, we talked about the receivers and if the Y receiver is going to be a big body guy, and if they want to get someone who could channel that Mark Andrews thing from uh, 2017, maybe JJ3 is the best option there. Hey. Uh, someone who could be a receiver tight end tweener that's probably JJ3 and maybe Kyle Ford, but probably more so JJ3. I'd love to see JJ3. I think it's more often, more likely than not, that it'll 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 have to be blowout sort of opportunities. But you can turn those opportunities into real playing time down the way. And, yeah. you know, there's been many a season where October comes and you've been hit by some injuries and you, you're, you're digging down deep into the into the depth chart. And you want to have like somebody capable of having who was it? The um, uh, Victor. Um, was it Victor? Who Victor was, Blackwell. Victor Blackwell, who had that like one game where he just like body dudes. And was it was the, the Hawaii game. No, it was in like the middle of the season. It might be someone I'm thinking thinking of differently too. But like there was that one year where it's just like in, by the middle of the season, the depth chart was just ravaged, ravaged at wide receiver, and they were. See, I I think of like um, uh, what's his name who had the great game against UCLA, um, Daquan Hampton. Yeah, Daquan Hampton. Like again, you just got to step up when those opportunities come to you, and yeah. and I, it would be really fun to, to have JJ three put himself in a position by taking some blowout opportunities and by the end of the season, becoming the kind of player that USC can turn to if they need to. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, last couple of questions. Josh says on offense, first play of the game, does Lincoln Riley make a statement and air it out or start conservatively and open the game with a handoff? Um, I don't, I, I don't got, think you air it. You, you, I think you air it out at some point on the first drive, but not on the first. I've got a cop out answer. So the play action rollout. First play will be a read option. And it'll it. be up to Caleb Williams to decide if he's going to hand it off or take a take a matchup that he likes on the outside. No, I, I, could, I just I can't imagine a defense is going to give up that. No, that, that look on the very no. first. If I'm a defense playing this USC game, the first. Yeah, you, the, the, you let SC have the eight yard inside zone, right? Sit, sit back and do not get burned. That's what I would do if I were Rice. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Josh's next question. Do you think this defense is good enough to put points on the board? How many defensive points? Uh, against rice i don't know i mean okay so here's the question who on this defense has proven that they're capable of creating points i don't think anyone on this defense with the exception of maybe tulu to if you told me he could get like a strip sack that turned into like a defensive like scoop and score situation i think there's a lot of guys on this defense who need to prove that they can make that kind of a a, a defensive play and so right now, I would say, I do not know. I look forward to seeing if somebody can uh, can answer that question. Uh, if, if I'm going to say anyone's going to score a defensive touchdown, uh, let's let's make it Max Williams. I like it. I like it. Yes. Pick six or a scoop and score could be. Love it. One. Love yeah. it. Love it. Love it. Yes. Uh, next one comes from uh, Mahek Jasani. Hope I got that right. How many points per game do you think the D will give up this year? Uh, and if the O does its thing, do you think the D will hold down? Uh, its own to get to 10 wins or better. I think you want this defense to hold teams under 20. I think if you hold anyone under 20, 
You win the game. At this day and age in college football, you are going to be good. Last year, Alabama gave up 19 points a game. Yep. That's all you got to do. That's all you got to do because the, the offenses are so high-powered, that's what wins you game, games. I think realistically, expect this team to hold teams between 20 to 24 points, uh, especially since the SC is going to be high-powered. They're probably going to give up more points than you kind of think. And – they have so much to get better, so much room to get better on defense. I think if they gave up like 23 points a game, I think that's fine. If In you, year one under Grinch, I think it's fine. If you sign me up for 23 points a game right now, I would be absolutely ecstatic. Like, yeah. I think that would be now, uh, 100% take that. As I've said before. Because if you pair it with 40 points on offense, yeah, you're there's golden. nine nine wins in there as i've said before the problem is not the season average which i would say if you're at 24 points you're not in the worst position in the world the problem is how many games do you give up 12 and how many games do you give up 50 yeah because you can end up with a 24 point average by doing things like that and so the the question of can the d hold its own to get 10 wins or better really depends on, well, which games are they holding their own in and which games are they giving up 40? Because that's the games. The games you lose are the three games the year that you give up 40 points because those are the ones your offense isn't going to be able to make up for. So I think it's just it's a little bit complex to try and predict. Yeah. Uh, Last football one before we wrap this thing up. Uh, Martin says over under on touchdowns, total defensive touchdowns this season. Uh, We want to do some over under season predictions going forward to we might need to save this one, but yeah. probably like let's say three and a half. Like maybe over. If I said if I put the line at three and a half, would you take the over or under? I'd probably take the under, but, but I think it's hard to protect. I think it's predict. hard to predict defensive touchdowns. Yeah, yeah. A uh, couple off-topic questions. Number one, uh, Ross says thoughts on my man Ricardo getting shafted by McLaren had to happen, man. Um, he hasn't he, been he good enough. There. He wasn't on the pace, and he's gonna get paid heftily to to to, to exit stage right. So, yeah. and if, um, if you had a chance to actually get Piastri, you have to go for it. Yeah, yeah, it sucks, but Ricardo I, needed I to not put hopes. them in that position to so, be able to do that. Yeah, yeah, it's such high hopes for, and part of it's on McLaren. They haven't, you know, built the the greatest car, but Lando just gets so much more out of it than than Danny Rick has. And yeah. I think that's a a problem. Um, and EC smile says, uh, have you seen house of dragon? And if you have, what are your thoughts? I haven't seen it yet. I've just heard great things. Alicia, you've seen it. Uh, what are your thoughts? I loved it. I loved it. I saw, I got to see a screener uh, a little while ago and it's been difficult to not talk about it to people, to not tell people as the lead up happened, like absolutely watch it because the first, the first episode is great. The first episode takes you right back into everything we loved about Game of Thrones, despite the way that it ended, like the universe, the world, the production you, values. You didn't love the way it ended? I did not love the way it ended. But like the first episode of this series, hook. I wasn't certain that I was going to watch it until I got the opportunity to watch the screener that I did. And then once I watched it, it was like, yep, I'm, I'm, all, I'm all in, 100% all in on this show. I actually got a DM from JB on Twitter saying, are we going to get Rod on Got back? And I would love to do a Rod on Got. (laughs) There is no way in hell we can have time to do a Rod on Got. But maybe if Michael uh, ends up, you know, biting the bullet and actually watching uh, the episode sooner than later, maybe we can um, we can do a little like postcard cast like 
what are we looking forward to on Rot this Sunday situation? So yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe we could do a, a little five minute thing at the end. Yeah. Who knows? Um anyways, we've we've gone longer than we allotted for this well, thing, okay. but it was a hell of a good time. To be fair, we uh We had a bunch of questions. When we said we were gonna do a roster preview, we immediately said, Oh, we're not gonna be able to fit that into an hour. And that was true. So there it is. Yeah. Uh, anyways, thanks for listening as always. Uh, thanks for listening here on YouTube. Again, if you are still watching us on YouTube, thank you. You guys are awesome. Be sure to like the stream, like it down below, wherever it is. Give us that old thumbs up. It's, it's great to see our, our live numbers. Like every, every time we've gone live, we've had more people in the, in the live show. So that's really encouraging. Boosted our um, ego a bit. Yeah, where where the subscribers on the channel are continuing to rise. So keep uh, make sure you subscribe. Make sure you turn on notifications for when we go live. Give us that thumbs up. Tell your friends and family that we're a good show. Uh, keep leaving us reviews because that review section at the front was wonderful and very uplifting for us as we go into it boosts uh, our ego. A, a, a crazy college fall season that's going to be you know a very very busy <laughs> for the two of us. Um, so we need we need those uh, little little boosts in, of love. So we yeah. appreciate all of you very very much, and we're really happy with uh, with all this. And and hopefully we get some good feedback about the audio being fixed, and we can just roll forward with uh, this was our training camp. This was our <laughs> sort of thing, and we're gonna be yeah all good to go once the season starts. Although when the season starts, it'll be a little bit of a a little bit of, a, of an interesting week for me. We'll we'll then we'll, we'll talk we'll about adjust, that later. We'll adjust that <laughs> when it, when yeah. we come to it. Okay, couple of quick things. A, our next live show is on Monday. Monday at nine nine. One more time. Monday at five five p.m. As always. And this will be the schedule for the rest of the fall. Monday yes. fr- Monday Wednesday five p.m. Yes, Monday Wednesday five p.m. And then we'll be live probably. We got to figure it out. Like twenty minutes, half hour, whatever after each game for Carcast. Also. This will not be a live episode, but if you listen to us over on Apple Podcasts and all that, there will be another episode that should drop about Friday or so uh, with a roundtable with some of our friends. You may know them. You may not. You probably know them. Uh, So look for that over on all the other podcast feeds. That will not be video. They'll just be traditional podcast, but we'll be back for you on YouTube 5 p.m on Monday. Until then, we will see ya. See ya. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. 
If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.